Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Scummy Mummies podcast. Hello and welcome to the Scummy Mummies podcast. I'm Ellie Gibson. And I'm Helen Thorne. And today we are joined by Holly McNeish. Hello, Holly. Hello. Now, Holly, you are a poet primarily, is that right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. But you're also a musician, a mother, and uh, well, you've, you've actually done albums and that. You've done books and albums and all sorts. Yeah, but poetry albums. So oh. the only instrument I can play is the recorder. Oh. oh. Yeah. <laughs> do, you do, do you do like a line of a oh. poem and then a bit of recorder? I, I might start. I played it till I was like... 23. Wow. I thought it was was illegal to play the recorder beyond the age of 11. So did my dad. dad. It should be made illegal, to be honest. So did you... I used to be able to play Silent Night by myself with two recorders through my nose. I did that for a talent show. That's not a waste of life. Oh my God. I don't want to brag, but my cousin Benjamin is the leading Australian alternative recorder player. That's so specific. It is. And he has a song called Voice of the Crocodile. And he plays it and then he sometimes <laughs> oh goes, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> he likes wearing wow. multicoloured trousers. What a shocker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm changing careers. If he's the leading alternative recording reco- recorder artist in Australia, who's the leading <laughs> mainstream recorder artist in Australia? I'd like to meet that guy. <laughs> all right. Is he That's just my other cousin. I think, that, I think that would be more boring. Yeah. He might be all Baroque. Yeah, he probably just does, like, John Williams tunes and that. Tedious. Tedious. Right, yeah. It's Um, all Lloyd Webber. (laughs) By a recorder. (laughs) Anyway, back to the guests. Back to the guests. Don't do poetry and stuff. Yeah, poems. What's that about? (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, you you have an amazing uh, sling of accolades under your belt. You were the UK Slam Poetry Champion in 2009. Yep. Is it like in 8 Mile? (laughs) You imagine eight mile. That's me. That's it. That's I imagine, exactly what it's like. But this is in the UK, so I imagine it's like eight mile. But after each like really serious like outburst, <laughs> like because you're British, you apologise to the other contestant. Is that terribly sorry? Your turn. Yeah. Your turn. Yes. That's you it. Go, you go. You go. After you. It's not competitive, but my my grandma thought that I was doing wrestling for a year. <laughs> Like, never asked. Someone said I was a UK Slam champion. Everyone <laughs> was telling her. No, uh, my grandma, uh, she's 98, and I've been a video games journalist for 15 years, and she still thinks I write, like, the words on teletext. <laughs> like, I write CFAX. She hasn't even clocked that CFAX no longer exists. <laughs> and I don't want to disabuse her of it. I'm just going to let her... No, just let her think... Sail yeah. off thinking that. That's yeah. fine. My grandma, well, she was 97 until about three months ago, or she was 97 three months ago, and she said to me, like, nearly on her deathbed, 
I'd love you to wear more dresses and well, I don't really understand what you do still. <laughs> so I'm a man. <laughs> oh, oh. Have, you, have you honoured that wish? Do you wear more dresses? Do you know what? She gave me a bit of money in her will and I'm not spending I'm not spending a lot of it on dress, but I was in Topshop today. I tried on 30 dresses and then... Bought some jogging bottoms. Jo- yeah. <laughs> 17 pairs of leggings later. <laughs> yeah. So not only are you the UK Slam Poetry Champion, you're, uh, YouTube got your poems on YouTube and some of them have been watched more than 3 million times. Yeah. What does that feel like? Scary. I changed my surname after that happened. Took my, I didn't change my surname. From McNeish <laughs> to McMainstream. <laughs> Look how... I'm Holly McPopular. <laughs> I'm Holly Mc... 3 million views. <laughs> <laughs> I took my surname off everything Did you? I was you? so scared I was like I don't know what it's like like my mum phoned me up she's like you, what, your dad says you've had two million views of that poem mathematics but it's not one of your best is it I don't really understand <laughs> your family's very grounding wow. Molly they are but it's not it's true she yeah. was like I think it's because like you're like female it's called mathematics it's quite short <laughs> Maybe. Oh, God. Maybe that's why it is. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much. <laughs> but it's, not, it's, weird. it's odd. It's odd thinking people have seen it so many times, but I do not think it's a sign of a good poem that's been viewed that many times. Like if I'd have, I don't know, read the poem and then pooed in a bucket, it would have probably been viewed like <laughs> 10 million times. I don't know. I don't like it's really, Why haven't really, we thought of that, Helen? Really, oh. <laughs> right, at the end of this podcast. Write that down. Write that down. Bucket. Get the bucket. That's right. <laughs> Three girls, one bucket. I mean, it suits the name. Yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, we get a lot of misunderstandings. <laughs> oh my god, you should oh, see. You should see on our on our web stats that the the referrals. The, yeah, yeah, the referrals really? are filthy, and you think the disappointment people get. <laughs> <laughs> I feel sad. For oh, them. sorry. <laughs> yes, um, but of course, alongside all these amazing accomplishments, Holly, you are a mum. So, how old were you when you had your? You've got one daughter, is that right? Yeah, one daughter. I was twenty six when I got pregnant. Twenty seven, just twenty seven when I had her, basically. Yeah. And that was that was not a planned thing, was it? Are we allowed to say that? You're not <laughs> yeah, allowed to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, was it a surprise. You're to say, it was a, a lovely surprise. Yes. Oh yeah, the it was, storm it was visited un- you. <laughs> <laughs> it was unplanned and yeah. unplanned child yeah I kept I kept saying that to my grandma it was a surprise and she was like you mean unwanted no unwanted unplanned (laughs) I hate that idea that unless you've like planned for it for like five years then it's somehow a bad thing yeah 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 unplanned (laughs) (laughs) um so nowadays that is actually sort of relatively often quite young to have a baby weirdly almost Um, I feel like it was quite normal like 20 years ago and Uh suddenly it's like Mm. people are like 26, Ooh. that's young. Yeah, it would totally. be like, my mother had seven by then in 1984. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are you talking that's about? It, but it is. It's young, it's young where I live as well. Like, definitely one of the younger mums. Was that difficult then, the fact that you were kind of the first person in your group of friends to have a baby? Yeah, I had one other friend one other friend that had a kid, basically, and then I was I was like the second, but it was a friend that lived quite far away. So yeah, it was, but more no, more because I just hadn't I hadn't seen it, so I didn't really know what to expect, and I didn't really have anyone to talk to about it or moan mm. about it, or like, I'd never seen. I don't. I can't even remember seeing a pregnant person before I was pregnant. Oh, that sounds really stupid. I don't think I'd ever seen anyone breastfeed or. 
I've never, ha- I've never held a baby mm. before two weeks before I had my own baby. Like, never. I'm the youngest cousin. don't have any younger kids in my... Oh, I didn't have any younger kids in my family. So that, even that, I was like, what? How do, how do you even do that? Mm. I was given a baby two weeks before. You're like, like I'm already hour. getting one. You don't need to give <laughs> yeah, me one. Exactly. My partner <laughs> passed me his little cousin. It's like, see you later. Learn. But yeah, I felt I felt quite young and I got shouted at a lot like a lot of stuff in the book. I got this one guy, I remember when my daughter was about she must have been about one and a half even, who lots of people telling me I was too young to have a kid. Oh you can't possibly have a kid, you're too young. Like thinking I was younger than I was. And um which I guess some people take as a compliment, but it makes it pretty hard being a mum someone shouted teen mum at me like shouted it constantly over and over again this when I had a my kid had a tantrum in like the city centre once we had a really nice day listening to buskers just sitting down sunshine beautiful sunny day and then she suddenly just flipped mm. they like to Ow. save it up don't they on Love those it. days yeah. just for the public space yeah. when everyone yeah. walks past me on the main street mm. and then she just sat down so I hate you I hate you and this drunk guy across the street just started chanting you're too young to be a mum you're too young to be a mum and everyone's just this is it and this is what it's all about isn't it oh my god and I shout I'm I'm shouting I'm whatever I was then I'm 28 actually I shouldn't have done that no you should say I'm 74 you're right (laughs) also you should wear more dresses (laughs) I don't understand what you do (laughs) (laughs) also people don't know do they I thought you know Piss off! I could have be. I could be fifteen. If yeah. you think I'm fifteen, I could be fifteen. Don't shout at a fifteen-year-old mum like that. Must be one of yeah. the hardest things to be at fifteen. Mm. Or you could like, be a nanny or a sister or a cousin. You whatever, could be anything. You know? yeah. But like, you could have stolen you, the child. Exactly. <laughs> they don't know today. <laughs> no. If you are a teen mum, you don't know why she had a baby. You don't know what yeah. sort of mum she is. Like, piss off. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. If you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> but there is loads. You. <laughs> You Cambridge tramp. <laughs> you you were you obviously slam champion before you before champion. I like to call it before you had a, before you had a baby and then you got pregnant. Did you did you ever stop working through that that time? Well, probably when she gave birth. I don't imagine. <laughs> a little breather. No, no, yeah. bring me my pen. No, bring no, me no. my pen. I'm having a contraction. No, wait, it's gone. I'm writing a limerick. No, it's back. <laughs> I wrote poems in hospital about what rising perineum did you yeah I've got like yeah I didn't write anything in labour but I wrote something the night before and then I wrote 12 thoughts after birth the day that I from the hospital so what was what was the quality of the stuff you wrote like I don't know if it was any quality it was like I remember I wrote that so I had salt and peppers push it on my birthing CD I was like bad idea (laughs) don't put that on it and then I just wrote like I I it was all stuff like, I don't think I'm crying because I love this child so much. I think I'm crying because no one's asking me to push a bowling ball through my arse anymore. <laughs> like, it was more things like that. Yeah. Like, or about, like, G phoned up all of the women in this entire family after seeing me give birth and was just, like, apologising. Good. <laughs> and saying, yeah. thanks, and then being like, Gran, you had seven kids. Oh, my God well done like well done mum sorry mum that was it he was just like on this apologetic mission to every female that he'd ever met that as a child well he didn't ring me up (laughs) still working on that mission aren't we (laughs) so you you have you literally have not stopped writing since well since Since you started when did you start 
being a poet? I don't know. No, I started working as a poet full-time when my daughter was about one and a half or two. Okay, so it wasn't but your full-time job before you had her? No, I worked as an education officer for a planning urban design charity. So did you feel like having a baby gave you a sort of new... Did it make you more motivated to pursue what you really wanted to do? Or I didn't really... To be honest, I didn't really want to do poetry. Like, I, don't, I, I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, that shit. <laughs> Do you know, there's a, like, there's a job going now. in Captain Iceland's <laughs> if you're really sick of it. I noticed then. <laughs> I don't mean I don't love it now, but it was, not, it was not my ambition. Like, I wanted to work in planning or in, like, economics or something mm. to do with what I was studying. I didn't really think that that would be a possibility, but then I kept just getting gigs and, and workshops, and then it started being like, oh, girl, I've got this part-time job in poetry, I've got this part-time job basically as an admin assistant which one is nicer obviously mm. going to gigs and hearing bands and doing poems and that's amazing yeah. so mm. it, was, it was wicked like I love it I absolutely love it it's the best job I could wish for but it wasn't it wasn't like a thought in my head that that's what I was gonna become a poet mm. sounds even weird saying that now to be honest yeah, no. It's a it is a loaded thing, though. It's no, like I'm, I'm a poet. Yeah, like, so you sound you're like not a... wearing any corduroy like <laughs> or any purple crushed velvet. Exactly. Do you like dragons? No, and I hate velvet. If I touch velvet, it makes me feel like I'm going to vomit. Oh, so... well, those poetry nights must be very difficult. <laughs> Don't touch the audience. Because <laughs> oh. I first saw you on the BBC talking to Lily Cole of all people. Oh yeah, the model. We had to walk. We had to walk, like pretend that we were saying hello to each other, like we just met as friends in the pub. What do you mean? (laughs) Television's not real, Holly. Shut your face. (laughs) Don't spoil it for her, Holly. Shit. She thinks that a camera follows her around all the time in case something interesting happens to her, and then it'll be a documentary on BBC Three. That's That's what she thinks. That's how it happened. Worked with that house thing, didn't it? Ended it. Um, Dream, believe, achieve, Ellie. So are you, and, are you and Lily Cole actually friends? That's yeah. what we really want to know. Best friends forever. She gave me this ring. Best friends. <laughs> I mean, I haven't spoken to her since. <laughs> but only when the cameras were on, and you didn't really look her in nice. the eye. Yeah, it was really nice, and lots of people said we looked like sisters, which was good because she's a supermodel. Yeah, that was good. That was that. Was, so what that's was it? I, that's it. That's what I got. From. I didn't. I didn't see this program. So for any reason, what, what what was the chat? What was the general vibe? She was pregnant, basically. Right. She was asking me if I thought that she could carry on with all her creative activities. And no. Stuff. Next question. <laughs> you fucked, Lily. You fucked. Your life is over, my friend. What else would you like to know? Buy a box of wine and some comfortable shoes. Right. Yeah. She's pretty minted, though, I would imagine. It helps sometimes, so, doesn't it? I coin. would imagine that might help. Mm. Wealth and mother, I don't know. Yes. Can't buy you ideas, honey. Can't buy you ideas. <laughs> no, but sorry. So what, what did you tell Lily Cole about that? She was interviewing two different people, and then they... I was apparently the positive one, whose creativity had come from having a child. Right. Which I don't think is true. Mm-hmm. To be honest, because I've been writing poems all my life, mm. so it was sort of just the same. And I feel like the only reason I've written more poems since I've become a mum is because I don't sleep. Mm. I do think it's a practical thing. Like, as soon as I was pregnant, or very pregnant, I couldn't really sleep very well, so I was awake more. So I had more time when I was just sitting in my lounge wondering what happens now basically, if mm. that makes sense. Mm. I don't think it really was like this mental 
having a baby, I've like changed as a person. Maybe I calmed down a bit, wasn't so angry at stuff, but actually motherhood made me pretty angry at lots of things going on. Yeah. Um, but I think it was just the time. Like I spent a lot of time, like most people do, I guess, sitting in my front room with a baby sleeping, thinking you're going to wake up in an hour. What the mm. fuck is the point of me going to sleep? There's no point. So I'll just either watch a bit more of a film or I'll write some poems. I was going to say, because most people uh, just put on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. <laughs> Speak for myself. <laughs> Crack open uh, another chocolate digestive and uh, relax. <laughs> that's your natural that's, default, yeah, really. That's how I relax. Yeah. <laughs> it's not It's not, It's not. not how I relax. I watch Wife Swaps to relax, mainly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Helen does Wife Swaps to relax. <laughs> that's um, right. It's very relaxing. Really? Yeah. Have you done it? No, only in my head. Only in my head. My in my in my head. I'd like, like to swap my husband... It. For a wife. (laughs) (laughs) But I, because I I only started doing comedy after I had my first baby. And yeah, I don't feel that. And that's because that suddenly inspired me with loads of brilliant jokes. Um, But then, but what I did find that having a baby did for me was it kind of made me more fearless. It made me kind of think, it made me feel a bit more mortal as well and have a sense of like, I've only got a finite time on this planet and I want to try and do this thing and see if I can do it. Uh But also if I fail at it, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. like because I've done this thing that was really hard and amazing and I'm doing it and it's okay if that yeah. doesn't work out because I will always care more about this and this is kind of working out so mm. you know I th- yeah actually hearing you say that I did have a lot of that I remember after even even like giving birth I remember after giving birth being really annoyed that not everybody was like that was amazing well done that's a really hard thing to do because I thought it was it was a massive thing. I know everyone said, it's natural. We have been doing it for years. It's still unbelievable. Like, I never expected anything like it. I thought my ribs were falling out. I thought, Do you mean in terms of the pain specifically? The pain? Oh, my God. Like, cool. We've been doing it since the beginning of the time. That's cool. It, I've never experienced anything so painful in all my life. Mm. thought my ribs were going to episode. I get that some people have orgasms when they give birth. I did not. It was really, really horrendous. And... <laughs> afterwards I remember there's a there's a bit that I've written about in the diaries that it's like the they came back with the form and I, I had like no tears just one stitch it was really like a good birth which I get but it still lasted for like a day and a half and still made me think I might die mm. um and they ticked the form in the hospital the hospital form that said normal uncomplicated what? There was nothing are uncomplicated you, are you about joking? that. Joking? Yeah. Like at least say like brilliant, Holly. That was absolutely. <laughs> well, you wanted brilliant. like an A star. I just wanted someone to be like. I just a... want to say that she went to Cambridge University. This a... <laughs> <laughs> point. But I mean, like she's a little give, lady. Give her everything. <laughs> Holly McNeady. <laughs> That's it, Holly. What do you mean? I was brilliant. I was brilliant. But I don't mean I was brilliant. I just mean like. It's really fucking hard. Like, when I came out, I would see women on the street with children. I was like, you've done it. You've done it. I don't yeah. care what your birth was. I don't care what type of birth you have. You had a fucking vaginal birth, a cesarean. I do not give a shit. It's hard. Mm. Like, it's difficult. It's traumatic. Like, psychologically, physically. Like, people should be popping party poppers in your face every step you take out of that hospital. Yeah. <laughs> no one did that. That's oh, where the no NHS one. is failing. No. It should be like, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. It should be like, at the end, it should be, hunt. are you listening yes. to this? <laughs> this is your biggest problem. 
it should be like the end of I'm a Celebrity, get me out of here. You just walk across a race bridge and like all these fireworks go off and there's Ant and Deck waiting to talk you through and show you your best bits. That's what should happen after you give birth. That's right. And shaking your umbilical cord. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. Well Fanny of one Now here's your champion, here's your placenta. <laughs> here's your champion. Like in France, somebody said they give birth in France. gave birth in France. It's like, I get free physio for a whole year. Yeah, afterwards. you do. I thought you were going to say fizzy wine. A glass of champagne. Oh, that's oh, it. Yeah, yeah. Given a glass of champagne. Where where was it? I was in I was in like a in in the hospital, but they said you want to go into the bath, the water. Yeah. Oh, I can't even remember what it's called. What the hell? And I was stupid. I didn't know anything about it. I thought it was a, like a shared one, like a big swimming pool. Like, <laughs> one woman. And like a leisure centre. Centre pot. That's all I knew. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I've got an individual one. Myself. <laughs> so I sat in there and I remember vividly, obviously having no pants on, nothing on the bottom, but keeping on my really skanky, like, crop tops or sports bra thing, which is like off-white, like, why am I wearing this? This is making me feel more weird. If I was just naked, I think yeah. I'd feel better. But like, wearing a top and no bottoms, that's yeah. the other way around. It's more yeah. normal, isn't it? Yeah. But just that way around, it was weird. And then they like I couldn't couldn't give birth. They took me out, put me in all these different positions. Like hey, my boyfriend, I hold this like toilet seat thing and try and get. Like, I was just horrendous. Like seven different birthing positions, couldn't do it. Took put me in a wheelchair, took me down from the maternity ward to the normal hospital ward I don't know I just remember like sitting in this wheelchair going from the lift and like maternity ward with nice music going down this lift coming out 7 o'clock in the morning bright lights everyone's running around no one is giving a toss that I'm sat in a crop top with my funny out with a water bag hanging out just hanging out like that's it no no more no more embarrassment ever again yeah. no it's just like I did a lot of clubbing in the 90s that's not the first time <laughs> That would have happened to me. She's from South Ireland. I did. <laughs> what you were saying about about giving birth? I did think afterwards that like, I I feel like I can do more now. I feel like I can do anything. Mm. And I did. I felt the main thing I thought was that like, I am not taking people shit anymore. I remember going back to work after six months, and I worked with a lot of architectures, architect, architectures, architects, and it was mainly men. A lot of men that had obviously not done any childcare at all and were like bragging about how they'd done everything by themselves they set up their practice by themselves it's just like I mean you haven't given birth I don't like no respect for you <laughs> you have no idea You've like, I just <laughs> this sort of raised respect for, yeah. for females or helpful men mm. and just like if you're a man that's just not helpful yeah. father I just I don't care. I'm not making your tea anymore. I'm not making your coffee anymore. You can bugger off. I've given birth. I'm going home. Have you ever done the equivalent of coughing a horse out of your penis? No. (laughs) Shut up. Whatever you think you've done, you've built this building, great, but your wife gave birth to your four kids and looked after you at home. Shove your espresso up your ass. (laughs) (laughs) No way. I do think, do we still feel guilty about wanting to pursue creative careers because they're not the normal so. the normal careers so they're not nine to five they don't fit in with nursery times yeah and they feel like self-indulgent sometimes as well yeah like if i was when i was doing my normal office job it seemed fine like going to work and coming back and i had set like feeding times between it but going to a, a poetry gig and they're not as well paid either that was the thing i remember like one gig i went to and my my partner had to come to the mall because i was breastfeeding so i felt like 
uh, that's my choice to breastfeed mm. and this is like infringing on everyone else's rights they, they're like why don't you just formula feed why don't you just feed uh, formula feed and then you can leave her at home it was like so much pressure not to not to breastfeed for me I know other people have different things and everyone mm. has different stuff but for, for me it was like that and then my partner bless him like came to every gig but sometimes I remember one it was in Shoreditch and we travelled you know, like the hour and a half in the car. It was one of those times when the baby just cries, just cries, and you're not sure why. I was like out of my seatbelt, going down the motorway, breastfeeding, oh, yeah. whilst yeah. driving, you know, oh, yeah. like nipple in the mouth. He's driving, baby's screaming, and um, and then we got there, and I went in to the bar that the gig was in. I was like, there's nothing, like nothing set up in this bar. I know that I've done something wrong. And I went and asked the bartender, and it was the next day. I forgot it. Oh day Jesus four. Christ! And that was when I thought, like, literally, I've I've driven dad, six month old baby, to drive across London. Neither of them wanted to, and I've got the wrong day, and you're gonna have to do it again tomorrow, and it's for fifty pound. Mm, yeah, this is ridiculous because it's not like I was getting well paid at that time when I was doing it, and it did just feel like okay, I'll, I won't do this. Which is why I started doing stuff on YouTube actually a lot of the time because I thought. I don't want to drag people across, and they did. It was basically <laughs> not three million of them. Da- <laughs> so, where do you get your best ideas? Because I don't know. We find Helen, don't we? That we, yeah. we mainly when we're drinking. Let's be honest. Yeah. when we're drinking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like the pub the other night, Ellie and I were talking about. I I, I witnessed a man, a dad at my school, walking to work, and he was struggling because he was in tight skinny jeans, and so were the rest of the family. <laughs> And they were in like pointed <laughs> boots and leather crop jackets, and they were moving so fast, but where so slowly. Go, where did they go to South school? London? South London. Oh my God, London is so jeans. different. Everyone in mine is in like just <laughs> jeans or tracksuit. <laughs> anyway, this is hipster dad, hipster dad, oh, and these hipster so kids, funny. and they were tr- they were late for school, but they just couldn't get their out. <laughs> And, and, and I said to Ellie, it was like watching the catwalk. And she's like, imagine if we did like the school run catwalk and oh we had all God. the different versions of... That would be amazing. ...of, of the mums going <laughs> that's, sim- that's similar for me. Like, I have never in my life sat down and said, write a poem now. I, I mean, probably three times I've had commissions. Mm. when I'm, If I get a poem in my head, I write it down. Or if I get a poem in my head and I'm like, do the monkey bars, then I don't write it down. It gets lost forever. Mm. And those are the best ones. Those are the genius ones that mm. would have, like, <laughs> been amazing. <laughs> and they've just gone. Um, I don't know. For me, it comes from reading stuff, I think. Oh, that's mm. a really boring answer, what, like other it? people's poems? Because I did. When I read... <laughs> it's not poetry. I don't read a lot of poetry. No, I... oh, it's awful. <laughs> when I read your... <laughs> I did think... I have heard this somewhere before recently. When I read your poem, The Lady of Shalott, I did think this, <laughs> this rings a bell for me. I don't know what it is, uh, but I feel like it's familiar. Yeah. Was it inspired by someone else's <laughs> work? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But the other thing I was going to ask you was, um, so how do you cope with um, the tiredness? Because it is knack. I mean, maybe you're going to describe it, but I find it so yeah, knackering being so a mum. And I find it really hard sometimes to be creative yeah. or sometimes even just to do the work, just to do the work yeah. of writing down an idea and fleshing it out and exploring it when you're just knackered. Yeah, knackered all the time. And that's... There's so many things like that, though, that make me so angry because I feel like people act like that's just a personal, like, oh, it's motherhood, it's motherhood. It's not motherhood, it's politics. Like, they could sort that out if they gave, like, better maternity leave, better working out. Like, all this stuff is so political. Like, I'm tired because I'm not really living in a culture that respects motherhood. That's Mm -hmm. why I'm tired. I'm not tired because I have a kid. Because I'm tired because nothing is set up to help me get some sleep and work and have a kid. That's what annoys me so much. And actually, I think that guys do have that. Like, no matter how equal your relationship is, no matter how brilliant the dad is, mm. you just, as a mum, I have never just walked into the bedroom and fallen asleep. You know, just like, just going to go for a bit of a lie down. Like, I would never say that. Even, I probably could have. I probably mm. could have been like, I'm just going to go for a bit of a lie But I would not have dared because... There's a baby there and I just need to check that everything's all right. You ask permission to do stuff, ask permission to sleep, ask permission to poo, ask permission to do every everything that was just normal before. And you're not meant to complain about it as well, which is oh, no. might be wrong. No, well, that's it. That's, that's yeah, because there's that thing of motherhood. Everyone goes through it and, oh, so it's not just you. Yeah, yeah, we've been doing Chris. this from the beginning of time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, like, we've yeah. been doing lots of things from the beginning of time, like murder. Yeah. <laughs> All right, <is> it? No. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good defence. If I get oh. done for murder, I'm mean, like, well, you know, it's a perfectly natural thing. That's right. Yeah. People have been doing this for thousands of years since biblical times. Why are you complaining? So, is it time for our next section, Helen? That's right. I think we've cracked the nuts of creativity. Yeah. <laughs> That'll creativity. be the first time in three years. <laughs> That's right. Thanks, Holly. Uh, so, we're going to do book chat. Book chat. Book, book chat. chat. Holly's written a book. It's called, yeah, it's called Nobody Told Me. And when I told, I told my mum that you were coming today and the book's called Nobody Told Me and she just went, oh, God, that's a brilliant title. Oh, because mm. nobody thinks it is because you can't tell what it says. My dad was like, it looks like nobody to hold me. My brother was like, what does it say? Nobody, nobody, nobody told me that's what it says. Well, we've been called the scrummy mummies more times <laughs> than I care to count if it's any consolation. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, it's about it's about your. I, don't, I, I can't bear to use the word journey, but I've done it. I'm, I'm doing He's it. He's saying it. It's about your journey, voyage. sort of through voyage mother through. voyage, no, through motherhood and that. Yeah, it's my. It's literally my diaries that I wrote with no intention of publishing them. From finding out I was pregnant, I did the pregnancy test at King's Cross Toilets on the way to Glastonbury Festival. Wow. Yeah, I just needed to like be away from people I think and mm. I had an hour to wait before the train and I was like right come on Holly just admit that you're pregnant just go and do a pregnancy test like I knew I was it's not like it was a was it the sh- boobs oh, was what it should the- I do should I go and get some chips or should I do a pregnancy <laughs> test <laughs> like an idea that I might be pregnant yeah the boobs oh my god the boobs my mum my mum's a nurse and she was like you're pregnant oh, I'm not pregnant you are like, I'm not pregnant Yes, you are. I've seen enough break me Your mum's uh, not a nurse. She's a witch. <laughs> <laughs> but going to Glastonbury was, was brilliant. Like, apart from the vomiting and like running off stage, finishing my set five minutes early because I needed to be sick. Um, Again, sounds like pretty standard Glastonbury to me. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Actually being pregnant and watching people on hammocks or, or people like dancing around flowers or kids just looking quite calm all mm. the time. It's another side of Glastonbury that I didn't really know, but it's probably the best thing for me to see for three days because I thought, oh, God, I'm not ready to be another... I'm not this type of person that I imagine a mother would be. And then I saw these mums walking around with their kids in, like, healing fields, like, ooh, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, that's a really good description, wasn't it? Ooh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, um, that, that's a you universal know I mean, like, noise like, for hippies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, like, different types of families. Unwashed. Yes. <laughs> Maybe have some dreadlocks. Like, yes. like they were having fun. Yeah. Like, okay. Maybe I can do this. Maybe it'll be right. So it's probably it was probably quite a good time to find out. I think. Mm. Like, when did you have the kind of idea to do a book about what well, poetry and parenthood, as it says on the cover? See, like, I didn't think oh, I'm going to do poetry about parenthood. Like, I write. I wrote loads of poetry about immigration when I was studying that. Loads of poetry about. Like food loads of, like I write lots of different stuff but obviously like when you're pregnant and you have a baby and if you've always written poetry about what your life what's going on in your life you're gonna start writing poetry about that but you're weird if I was you know pregnant and only writing poetry about trees still or I don't know you know what I mean and mm. um, but it was only because someone asked me to publish it really like the agent said to me do you have any other poems I was like I've got about 200 about being a mum Mm. but in my head it was still like oh yeah it's not really something people want to talk about people don't want to hear it and it was my partner at the time that said about the the poem embarrassed that went viral on YouTube I hadn't included it I did a little CD with about 12 poems that I'd written um, and I didn't include that one because I thought no one else no one will relate to it. What's the point? Mm. Then he was like, I think people will. And I put it up and that's one of the ones that went viral without having to poo in a bucket. To make it go viral. <laughs> uh, which is always a positive story. Yeah. It was about tits though. No. 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 Oh, yeah, it was. Of course it is. Breastfeeding. What am I on? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't about tits. I breastfed from my head. <laughs> <laughs> but spiritually from Real mothers mind. breastfeed from their eyes. <laughs> I bleed milk for my tears. I cry milk. I think the breastfeeding poem is my favourite. Would you? Would you do a bit? Yeah, do you want me to do? I'm that? so excited. We have never had live poetry. I on know. The not. No. No. Pamers won't answer our calls. Um, <laughs> I don't understand why. So do you know what? That's been one of my main insults that people put. You're not Pamers, are you? 
you know Pamers. I was like, I know I'm not Pamers. <laughs> I'm not stupid. Oh, <laughs> I think she's I'm also great. not Eddie Murphy. What's your point? <laughs> Alright, so this is from the 13th of September when my daughter was six months old and I wrote it at 2.56pm, which is not important but I always time the poems. Alright, I'll do a little bit of the prose and then the poem. Mm -hmm. Lovely. Yeah? Alright, I will not do this ever again. I was, just to say, I was sitting on a toilet seat when I wrote the whole thing. I was sitting on a toilet seat for an hour and a half because my daughter, I fed her, she fell asleep for an hour and a half and I didn't want to move because I was so tired and I'd just been in the cafe, could have ordered a cup of tea, but instead I'd gone to the toilet because I was embarrassed to breastfeed. Um, so I sat on the toilet for an hour and a half in public toilets. I will not do this ever again. Not one more dirty toilet feed. Breathe in. D was right. Don't worry about it. You're feeding our baby, Holly. That's all you're doing. I'm so tired of this. All it boils down to is that people here feel uncomfortable seeing the sucking because we've been trained that sucking a nipple is a sexual thing, which it can be for sure. But our bodies have so many uses. Every inch of our bodies can be sexual and not. I put a tampon in the same place I have smear tests and sometimes I've drawn a hard penis into. I do not confuse the three. They don't feel the same. I do not think I'm shagging the tampon or that my boyfriend is doing a swab on me. I use my tongue to kiss and to eat. I don't worry that I'm snogging my dinner. I kiss my daughter and my mum and my partner. Those lip-to-skin touches do not all have the same effect on me. They don't feel the same just because it's the same body part or action. Just as a man flicking his tongue sexily across my nipple and sucking a bit while we both gyrate naked on each other does not have the same effect on me as a baby strapping its lips around my nipple and sucking milk out like its life depends on it while I'm sat in my jeans on the couch. Both can feel nice. Both sometimes don't feel nice. Embarrassed. I thought it was okay. I could understand the reasons. They said there might be young children or a nervous man seeing this small piece of flesh that they weren't quite expecting. So I whispered and tiptoed with nervous discretion. But after six months of her life spent sitting on lids, as she ships on her milk, nostrils sniffing on shit, banging her head on toilet roll dispensers, I wonder whether these public loo feeds offend her. Because I'm getting tired of discretion and being polite. As my baby's first sips are drowned drenched in shite, I spent the first feeding months of her beautiful life feeling nervous and awkward and wanting everything right. Surrounded by family till I stepped out the house. It took me eight weeks to get the confidence to go into town. Now the comments around me cut like a knife as I rush into toilet cubicles feeling nothing like nice. Because I'm giving her milk that's not in a bottle. Wishing the cocaine generation white powder would topple us pyramid sales pictures across our green globe and female breasts banned. Unless they're out just for show. And the more I go out, the more I can't stand it. I walk into town, feel I'm surrounded by bandits because in this country of billboards covered in tits and family newsagent magazines full of it. WH Smith top shelves out for men who I don't you complain about them then. In this country of billboards covered in tits and family newsagent magazines full of it, WH Smith top shelves out for men, I'm getting embarrassed in case a small flash of flesh might offend. And I'm not trying to parade this. I don't want to make a show. But when I'm told I'd be better just staying at home. And when another friend I know is thrown off a bus and another mother told to get out of the pub, even my grandma said maybe I was sexing it up. And I'm sure the milkmakers love all this fuss. 
or the cussing and worry and looks of disgust as another mother turns from nipples to powder, ashamed or embarrassed by comments around her as I hold her head up and pull my cardi across and she sips on the liquor made by everyone's God I think for God's sake Jesus drank it. So did Siddhartha, Mohammed and Moses and both of their fathers Ganesh and Shiva and Brigid and Buddha and I'm sure they weren't doing it sniffing on piss as their mothers sat embarrassed on cold toilet lids in a country of billboards covered in tits. In a country of low-cut tops, cleavage and skin, in a country of cloth bags and recycling bins, and as I desperately try to take all of this in, I hold her head up. I can't get my head round. The anger towards us and not to the sounds of lorries, offloading formula milk, into countries where water runs dripping in filth. In towns where breasts are oases of life, now dried up in two-for-one offers enticed by labels and logos and gold standard rights claiming breast milk is healthier powdered and white. Packaged and branded and sold at a price so that nothing is free in this money-fuelled life which is fine if you need it or prefer to use bottles, where water is clean and bacteria boiled. But in towns where they drown in pollution and sewage, bottled kids die and they knew that they'd do it. In towns where pennies are savoured like sweets, we're now paying for one thing that has always been free. In towns empty of hospital beds, babies die, diarrhoea fueled that breast milk would end, so no more will I sit on these cold toilet lids, no matter how embarrassed I feel as she sips. Because in this country of billboards, covered in tits, I think I should try to get used to this. That is the first time I've ever read out a poem having had any alcohol before. Wow, you did amazing. I, oh. I didn't. I I'm slurring my No, you through. were not. Ellie and oh I cried. God. I'm crying milk. I'm <laughs> crying milk. To hear you do it live oh. in my actual lounge. <laughs> I am genuinely uh, touched and honoured. Yes, so thank, you. thank you so much. And a bit leaky. Yeah. Um, <laughs> were you no, surprised no. by what a big impact that poem had? Yeah, really surprised. But I was only surprised for like the reasons that I'm quite glad I did it because I did not think anyone else was doing that. Like I didn't speak to anyone else about it, mm. didn't talk to anyone about it. And then when I put it online, everyone's like, I've done that, I've done that sitting in toilet seats all the time I'm always going to the toilet it's quite bad that so many people relate to it I think the more I think about it and I didn't think this at the time of writing it at all like not at all but it's just the more like motherhood things I'm involved in the more conferences mm. I go to because of writing the poem and they asked me to go and read it mm. like women's boobs like the nipples they're no different from men's, men's bodies there's no real reason why we shouldn't be topless as much as men are like I really do think that now like what what is this weird culture that we've got that is... Totally... Well, that's why we invited you to do this podcast topless like we always do, because <laughs> yeah. we wanted you to be comfortable. Exactly, yeah. that's yeah. it. And it annoys me that, like, of all that... I've been to, like, loads loads of conferences now, UNICEF conference, EU conferences, all about, like, women's maternal health, infant feeding, all about breastfeeding, and they all talk about the health benefits and people that can't breastfeed and problems with breastfeeding, and no-one talks about psychological stuff. Mm. The idea of literally going round your partner's family's house and whacking out your boob in front of your father-in-law. That, that, that's, for, for people that I know, and for me personally, that was the bigger deal. Like, I could breastfeed fine. The physical stuff was all right. Like, most people I know, the physical stuff was all right. I know some people have massive problems with it. But it was the psychological stuff. Like, you're not welcome anywhere apart from 
pretty much on the couch in your living room. You're really not. Mm. Like, as much... In fact, you know, like, stickers on cafes saying we welcome breastfeeding here. Cool. Like, if we need that, that means you're not welcome anywhere else. Mm. That's what it says to me. You're welcome here, but not there. And it's hard. That one gig that I went to, like, I have quite a lot of midwives come to my gigs, Mm. which is really nice, actually. But one gig, this woman said that... um, Somebody said, oh, could you not do that here? And she said, okay, no problem. And literally just took the baby off her boob because she knew it was so full that it would squirt. Oh, so amazing. she took the baby off the boob and just sat while her nipple squirted milk across the cafe continuously uh, and was like, okay, is that better? I had a gig in Leeds last year. It was the only, the only date on the tour, which for some reason I didn't do the embarrassed poem. Like I think I'd, and this group of midwives had come basically to hear that by room which I don't really I don't really know about stuff like that I would never have thought someone to come for a specific one or whatever but after the gig I was I was selling books and they literally circled around me 20 midwives circled around me and they were like read the poem wow <laughs> like a wicker man <laughs> literally they were chanting, so funny chanting. they were so funny like We've come from the leads, like <laughs> we're free school. Read the poems. I do. I do love the fact that you have written quite a few poems about your boobs. And I, your Abbey Road Studios um, intro, you say, "I went from A cup to E cup to C cup to D yeah. cup." Like you've been, you've gone up and down the scale. Like uh-huh. it is a weird yeah, thing. And, yeah, and no one seems to acknowledge that that might be hard to deal with. Like mm. all the stuff that goes with it like if if men I just think like if men if men had and suddenly our, our their assholes. penis suddenly <laughs> yeah. inflated to like the size of a I don't know. Well, I'm trying to think. Let me think about my husband's penis. A banana, something like that. Something really massive. Like yeah. That. Yeah. Like a Frankfurter. Yeah. <laughs> One of those big sausage. sausage. Big no, your regular Greg sausage roll, not your extra. Oh, gosh. Don't be ridiculous, Helen. Their penis and blade, then you, like, whacked it with a hammer for, like, however long, and then it bled, and then you were like, that's disgusting. But what you need to do is to try and get back into shape so your penis looks like it's not being bashed by a hammer, it's not been bleeding for three weeks, and then you'll be accepted by society yeah. again. They'd be like, this is shite. Yeah. This is shit. Shave it, God. bash it, bleed it. It's and like, then be bikini like, ready. And be bikini ready. It's like you've bugged my house. (laughs) The conversations we have. She's so in touch with real life, isn't she? I know, I know. So observational. Can you tell a shit poem from a good one? Like, how do you... No, I can't. I've never done, like, literature. I've not done any creative writing courses, poetry workshops, nothing. So I've never been able to, like, get better. I feel like if I read the stuff that I wrote when I was 15, it's not far off what I'm writing now it's different topics but it's not any different style I've not mm. like, improved I've not improved for 20 years <laughs> that's what I want to tell everyone <laughs> listening <laughs> my style of poetry the book is okay is <laughs> but yeah so but it's your, like your, the first time so I don't your know, latest but... poem Bob the Builder can fix it <laughs> for me finishing with that yes he can yes he can echoing obviously the Obama yeah. generation I love I don't I don't want to diss Bob the Builder like I love it and the, the sort of sexual tension between Wendy and Bob <laughs> mm. is one of my main thrills in life Helen Thorne <laughs> 
think it's time for one of your games. Yes, it is, Ellie. It is. So I thought it would be really good that if Ellie and I had a little poem off. So yeah, do you want to go first? I'll, I've got I've got a haiku called Grandma's Advice. Smile, nod, tolerate. Oh, for fuck's sake, it's my kid. <laughs> Breathe, smile, tolerate. <laughs> Grandma's advice. That was a bit too many syllables in the last bit, wasn't it? Breathe, smile, tolerate. Yeah, because in Japanese, a haiku is done in like the Isn't Japanese Isn't it 575? Yeah, but if you... You have been on Wikipedia. That's like the way that they translate it. But actually, if you study the actual Japanese form of haiku... I'm joking, I don't know anything about haiku. <laughs> but I was sounding like I did. All right, ready? You go. Here we go. We ready? <clears throat> Every day I wake at dawn when kids jump on my head. It takes me all damn morning just to get them dressed and fed. Every day I wonder why did I decide to breed? By 5 p.m., I'm mad and I'm sad and I know just what I need. I need a vino! <laughs> I'm crying out for a vino almost every night. It's got to be soon and it's got to be strong and it's got to be served in a pie. Served in a pie. <laughs> oh my days. Oh. Now, regular, regular listeners will know that I've cheated a bit. <laughs> That is that is a song that well that is a version of a song that Helen and I wrote together and we have performed on the podcast oh, before. Wow. We wrote it for Helen McGinn, the wine expert, and we. That's not original. It, so. That would. But I, I was a little moved. I thought, Should we do the second verse? Should we do the second verse? Sometimes when the kids are out, I dream I'll change the locks, lie down on the kitchen floor, and drink wine from a box. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need no handbook on how to be a mum. I just need a glass of wine. Or maybe a magnum. Oh my god! I need a vino. <laughs> In conclusion, Holly, who is the winner? Well, as much as I like the first haiku, which was brilliant from Helen, I think the winner is your poem. But that means that you're both the winner because. You were both involved in the, the winner way. is comedy. There yes. we are. The winner is comedy. <laughs> well, oh. we're nearly we're nearly at the end, but of course we can't finish a podcast without the scummy mummy confessions, can we, Ellie? Absolutely. Oh my god. <sighs> so, Helen, do you want to kick us off? I do. So, I was in Australia recently, and um, I went to get my legs waxed because I've been living in England for the last ten years. Um, and my husband <laughs> jokingly said, "I wonder if she'll charge you extra uh, for your." Legs. Wow. Because he's a feminist. Oh. He has his whack, legs waxed all the time. Oh That's God. right. So I went in my colots uh, to, yeah, <laughs> to Martine. Uh, and anyway, um, I said, oh, and I, I said the line, I said, oh, my husband, my husband joked that you'll have to charge me extra for my hairy legs. And she said, oh, no, I've seen it all. And then I take my trousers off and she went, Jesus, you're hairy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, and of course, we talked, we talked about husbands because it was 1965 um, in Australia. And I said, oh, look, I'm not really bothered. And she said, oh, well, if your husband doesn't mind, I guess it's fine. I said, but the, the clincher was that she then went on and told me to tell me that she was a Reiki healer and that she's also a ghostbuster. <laughs> And then, are you sure she didn't say racist healer? This is Australia. <laughs> yeah, Australia. Oh, yeah. I, I did find that in Australia. Yeah, no, just a, just a touch of the racism. Um, but she was telling me that, um, yeah, she'd been doing some spirit healing in houses. Mm. And unfortunately, one of the spirits had attached itself to her. 
and that she was going on a date that night and she had to cancel the date because she had a spirit attached to her. And I said, no, that won't do. You've made the right choice. <laughs> Uh, and then she waxed my bikini line. So, anyway, wow. that's Australia. I've only had a bikini wax once. And mm. I put those paper pants. Because apparently my pants were too big. I didn't realise. I took oh. I took my trousers off and she was like, you just wear your pants. She was like, oh, they're quite big. I was like, really? Are they quite big? I think they're quite big. They're normal. a Marks and Sparks brief. She, yeah, that's it. <laughs> but apparently, not normal. And then she gave me a pair of paper pants. And then I put them on and then I went back into the room. She was like, oh, they're on the wrong way round. <laughs> I am never... Ever doing this again. <laughs> so my confession is um, today I took my little one Joe out for a walk and you know I just grabbed like a pack of those crisps that are supposed to be alright because they're organic and they're called corn snacks and we all know they're crisps. So they've been to be fair they've been rummaging around in the changing bag for the whole weekend but I didn't really think about it. Got to the doctors and uh, just went to make this appointment like and then as I turned to go over the course of the weekend the crisps have been crushed in the bag to a fine powder which my son had tipped all over his face and the whole of the buggy covering himself in a fine orange dust so they looked like he had like the opposite of scurvy whatever that is I don't know what it is but he looked like he just I've just been feeding him pure vitamin C for months and months and uh, and that he had the pox because it was all sort of crispy so yes crisp Crisp baby (laughs) live in a flat with one toilet and my child had diarrhea and she was on the toilet and I really needed the toilet and sometimes that happens quite a lot and I have driven to the local Tesco's and gone to the toilet I've gone into our garage a lot with a plastic Tupperware box and gone to the toilet put that on YouTube you'll make a million but um, one time the, the lowest point my partner was in the toilet and I was like I needed a poo, and I thought, I don't think I can make it to the garage. And I took a nappy, and I did a small poo in one of my daughter's nappies. And <laughs> why am I saying this? <laughs> Actually, do you know what? I'm not embarrassed about it because it was a terrible moment. Did a poo in her nappy, wrapped it up. He came out of the toilet. What's going on? I was like, she's just done a poo. Didn't say it loud enough for her to hear because I knew if she'd heard, she'd be like, No, what? No, mummy. And then everyone would know that what I'd done was stand in my daughter's bedroom with the door closed, my hand to the door because I thought, I don't know what to do with this situation. I'm literally doing a poo into a nappy in a child's bedroom. This is the lowest point of my life ever. <laughs> I, I never, You've had a great life. I, oh. <laughs> That sounds dreamy. I, I never <laughs> thought I'd be in this situation. Like, this is not what I imagined. This is not what the magazine said. No. Not what the magazine... You weren't skipping down a beach. Or yeah, a... I, didn't, I didn't think I'd poo in a nappy. But you get but... a million points for versatile use of nappy. <laughs> yeah. She upcycled, Ellie. Yeah, exactly. You upcycled. <laughs> in your face, Kirsty also. I think that's I think that was a great scummy mummy confession, don't you? Excellent scummy mummy confession. And what a way to end <laughs> the podcast. A poo in a nappy. With, there we go. with the UK's leading poet Holly <laughs> She pooed in a nappy. She shits in her own daughter's bedroom. <laughs> 
Well, thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Um, as always, we're on the Facebook, we're on Twitter at Scummy Mummies. You do the Insta- Instagram. I do you? the Instagram, that's right. Look yeah. at me, look at me. And we're going to be at Camp Bestival again, which is where we saw you last year. I know, and I'll be there again this year. Yes, now where do we get your fabulous book? Nobody told me. You can get my book from any small uh, independent retailer. <laughs> Is it, is it not or on Amazon? Waterstones or Amazon? <laughs> Pay your taxes. We say it every time. Every we, time. It's a new catch but don't get rid of Prime. Um, <laughs> yes. Oh, God. Polly, you've been a brilliant guest. Thank you so much for coming along. Have you enjoyed yourself? In, yeah. I don't know how I'm going to get home, but. <laughs> Until next time. Bye bye. bye. You're going to read from your actual book. <laughs> I am. And what page is it? This is page 152. 152. The- <laughs> Why does that matter? I, it's an actual book. When they buy, when all no. our listeners buy a book, they go, I'm going straight to that page. It's my favourite bit. Ah, oh, I get excited about page numbers, actually. So do I. I like to paginate. Yeah, and I, I time all my poems and stuff like that. I suffer That's from cool. vaginal dryness. <laughs> Sorry. I've, I've had recurrent thrush. Um, <laughs> have you got a poem about itchiness? Uh, do you know what? Next collection. I've actually got a poem about thrush and cystitis in it. Oh. Interesting, huh? And and that <laughs> book so is good. called... <laughs> I don't know what it's called yet. It's it said, Ticador. you said too much. <laughs> <laughs> the yoghurt year. <laughs> I've never done that. I just don't believe it would happen. 100% well. cotton gusset. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I've got that. It hasn't... Done anything? No. Cranberry juice douche. (laughs) (laughs) Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.